Hey everybody, welcome to a new edition of the All Rise podcast from Front Page Detectives. I'm Editor-in-Chief Alex Lang, and I'm joined by... Doug Montero. He's one of our reporters, he hits the ground, he makes the phone calls, he gets hung up on a lot, but we love him around here at Front Page Detectives. Yeah, a lot of people don't want to talk to me for some reason. That's true inside and outside the office, Doug. That's true, you know, and my, and my, and my Brad Pitt good looks just don't cut it. Yeah, they don't. Uh, your Brad Pitt good looks are why we're both currently on a podcast that's not streamed anywhere live. Oh, yeah, you're right. Jeez. Yeah. Okay. What do, we got to, what do we got today, Alex? I know we got a couple of wacky ones. We got some wacky ones. Both are going to kind of make you shake your head. Both are kind of amazing. Um, we might have time for a third one in there on a sad missing person case. Um, but like usual, it's getting zany here in the world of crime, and it was that was the case out in Oklahoma recently. It was a situation, let's say many of us felt, but few of us have gone this far. So it is an absolute stunner of, a, of a details of an arrest. I remember when I saw it on Facebook from the police department to start, and you just kind of been like, well, I've been there, but maybe not there kind of thing. Um, the case comes out of Tulsa, Oklahoma. It was family game night. Families all together in a home. They're playing Monopoly, right? Who, who doesn't love a good Monopoly game? Monopoly with beer or alcohol is involved, I think. It would not surprise me. Now, let's take a quick tangent. Doug, what is your Monopoly piece? The old shoe. You're, you're a shoe guy. Yeah. Any reason? No, I like the smell. Okay. I'm a car guy. Um, my whole goal in life is to go as fast as possible and run through every wall. So the car kind of fits my personality. What kind of car do you drive? Uh, right now in New York, none. Okay, uh, good man. But I just run through walls here uh, working. So the car seems to fit for my speeding ways and kind of out of control ways. So I'm a car guy on the Monopoly board. All right. So what happened with these jokers? So these jokers, uh, this family's playing Monopoly. And like many of our families... A dispute arises in the Monopoly game. Don't tell me that it had to do with collecting $200 once you pass go. Yeah, I don't know if somebody's paying up for a hotel, if uh, somebody got the landed on the wrong spot, if uh, what happened. But I can tell you growing up, the Alex Lang family had plenty of situations like this where there was anger over board games and they may have gone flying across the room. It's why nobody in my family is allowed to play Risk anymore. That game never ended without the board flying, so after about three tries, uh, my brother, my dad, and myself, my mom banned us from playing that game. So, like many people, this, uh, this family in Tulsa was experiencing some, we'll say, in-game difficulties. Ah, okay, that's a good way of putting yeah. it. And the board went flying. Board went flying across the room. For most people, that's where it ends. Right. But not for uh, Mr. John Armstrong. He decided with his anger in the game to chase two of his relatives but wait a minute wait no first he wanted to duke it out in the middle of the living room that's right right. yeah they wanted to fight in the middle of the living room move furniture around like they're gonna have fight club right there in the living room mma yeah right right there (laughs) you know hey move the recliner and slide the couch back so we have enough space for our arena here yeah lock the the kids in the room it's stadium seating (laughs) and uh so family's like no take it outside right and that's where mr armstrong decides to pull out the gun and chase the people around chase his relatives around with a gun over a monopoly game and he fired a shot luckily nobody was hit nobody was injured in this 
So um, so you mean to tell me that he sucks at Monopoly, but he also can't shoot? Hey, maybe he was the winner. We don't know those details of what exactly went wrong in this okay. Monopoly game. But uh, to get that mad, it would seem like maybe he was the one that uh, landed on the space somebody didn't want him to or whatever. Yeah. But, but clearly chance has gone wrong in this game. Yeah. Um, a lot of bad things have happened because it involved in it. it ended in a shooting. One of the people who was shot at was able to call 911 and get the police there. So, And and one more thing, the intended target, I, I, I think, was his stepfather. Correct. Yep. Okay. It was a stepsister and stepfather he was chasing. Uh, she was able to call 911 and get police there before anybody was seriously hurt. Um, but police were more than happy to share this account um, to remind people, like, let's not take board games too seriously. We all get anger at them, but let's not pull out the gun with it as well. That's right. So right now, Mr. Armstrong is sitting in the Tulsa City Jail facing assault with a deadly weapon charges. And he can't get out of there because he has to pony up $25,000. How much do you think he lost with the Monopoly thing? I mean, in real money, probably zero. But you know, Monopoly, you can lose some of that serious coin in the in the funny color money. Yeah. So I mean, imagine now, you know, he's pissed off because he lost the fake money. Now he has to pony up the real money. Yeah. For being an idiot. Yeah. I mean, this this game night went terribly, terribly, terribly wrong for a whole bunch of reasons, and we wanted to share it here on All Rise uh, from Front Page Detectives because. I don't know for you, Doug. For me, it just, like, you almost want to just bang your head on the on the counter being like, how stupid are we all? But also part of you goes, eh, I kind of get it, right? We, we've all been angered at Family Game Night, Trivial Pursuit, Monopoly, Boggle, what, Scrabble, whatever your game of choice is. Um, we've all gotten frustrated and mad. Luckily, only a handful of people take it as far as Mr. Armstrong. That's right. But, however, I was doing a little bit of research on this because you know how I am, right? And it it does turn out that Mr. Armstrong has a a, a series of arrests involving weapons for some reason. I mean, it doesn't surprise me given uh, the fact he pulls a gun over a Monopoly game dispute that devolves into a fight. Yeah, I mean... This guy sounds like one of those quick draw McGraw kind of a guy. So anytime anything's happened, he's he's whipping out a gun. I mean, there's a charge here that I see is reckless conduct with the firearm. So I guess this this guy's uh, what you what you would normally call trigger happy. Yeah, and he's also got no respect for the weapon, right? We both know guns can do a lot of damage. Um, they need to be treated with respect. They're tools, but they're dangerous ones. To just be willy nilly with it creates problems it creates criminal situations it creates hazardous situations for not just the people around you but yourself as well um and it sounds like this guy doesn't respect that weapon and just wants to pull it out to make a point or flash it around or lets his impulse get the best of him whatever it is you know now now he's got a very serious charge facing him and and maybe he'll learn it's not a toy it's not something that should be played with and it certainly shouldn't come out over a monopoly game that is true alex because here in new york city you know we always get the tragic story of you know gunplay in the street and uh 
you know, there's always a stray bullet that kind of cuts through the home of some elderly person that was just sitting there watching TV. Yeah. I mean, to be honest, we're lucky in this case somebody wasn't hurt, whether it was the people you were shooting at or wherever that bullet went, right? You right. and I know they don't just stop after 100 feet. They'll keep going. They're fired at high velocity. They go for a while. Firing a shot, you know, down a street, he's lucky it didn't go into somebody else's house or a car. Uh, it could have created property damage or worse, hit a person. Um, we've talked about it here um, right. on this on the All Rise podcast before where a man shot through the ceiling of his apartment. I want to say he was out of Kentucky, out of Louisville, Kentucky, where he shot through the uh, ceiling. ceiling of his apartment during a domestic dispute and killed the woman on the couch above. Yes. Uh, no, the woman was laying on bed. Laying the, on the bed. Yeah. yeah. I've done ones where they're on a couch and they're hit by stray bullets. Um, and they're not found for a day. They're just tragic, and it it reminds you um, guns are dangerous. Guns are tools. They need to be treated with respect, um, and we need to take our, our safety precautions seriously and not flash them around over uh, stupid stuff and not pull them out during Monopoly games. And, man, Alex, uh, what floor do you live on in New York? I live on the fourth floor. Okay, you're smart, you see. You, the higher it is, the better, because if, in New York City, never get an apartment on the first floor, unless you get a bulletproof window. Yeah, I wouldn't want one on the first floor anyway, so too many people can look in. That um, is true. But I will say I regret the fourth on some days, because walking up four flights of stairs carrying heavy groceries can, can leave you a little winded at the end. That's true, Alex, but you know, since you and I are slightly overweight, or, or would you prefer to be called slightly chunky? No, whatever. That's fine. Okay. Well, they, we need the exercise. Okay, okay. I digress. Yeah. However, okay. the only thing I do want to add to this whole situation is that I did try to reach out to uh, Armstrong's family uh, to try to basically get their version of events because maybe, you know, there's circumstances there that we just don't know about or that the police department didn't release. And, of course, what do you think happened, Alex? Like usual, you got hung up on, didn't you, Doug? Damn right, man. They just hung up on me. Hung up on me like I was trying to sell them Tupperware. I mean, uh, I can get why somebody doesn't want to talk about it. I, this story has gone viral. Uh, it's gotten a lot of attention um, and everything because you just see those details and you're like, mm, we've all been angry, maybe not that angry. Um, so it doesn't surprise me. They don't want to talk about it. They just want to kind of sweep it under the rug, make it go away. And could you imagine this guy's life in uh, behind bars right now? They're looking at him. The other prisoners are looking at him going, damn, man, you're in here just because of a stupid Monopoly game? Yeah. Well, I, I assume there's some of that. I assume he's just saying it's a weapon charge to, uh, uh, you know, build up that cred and not weapons charge because somebody, I had to pay somebody for a hotel. So. All right. Well, I think that's all we have the time for kind of the zaniest story of recent days. Um, we're going to take a quick break here at All Rise Podcast. We'll be right back. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the All Rise podcast from Front Page Detectives. If you're just joining us, I'm Editor-in-Chief Alex Lang. And I'm Doug Montero. Well, we went through the Monopoly story of the week, uh, how board game fights can turn into serious criminal charges. Um, but there's another one that involves family. And this one is shocking. It makes you shake your head. It seems like people were doing kind of the right thing. Those are, there's a caveat there. But it involved a murder and now a man heading to to prison. Um, yeah, I'm a little I'm a, I'm a little mixed about this particular story. Yeah. 
It comes out of Fort Wayne, Indiana. Um, it involves a man. His name is Timothy Hall. He was at a party with, with some kids. His sister was there as, as well as her fiancé. Excuse me. Um, they're all at the party. So are kids. It's a birthday party. It sounds like a kid's birthday party, though. I don't know that for sure. Um, but like any kid's birthday party, maybe some adult drinks are flowing for the, the people of age at that party, we'll say. I'm pretty sure it was, yeah. Yeah. So Mr. Hall has a, has a few cocktails and goes to drive away. In his car is a child. Um, his child, right? Correct. And his sister tries to stop him. Uh, rightly so. Right, right, like anybody would do or should do if they see a friend or family member trying to drive while possibly intoxicated. You know, say, hey, give me the keys. Uh, you're not doing that. We're not risking you. We're not risking an arrest. We're not risking other people on the road. She tried to do the right thing and, and stop him. Um, that caused Mr. Hall to get a little bit angry and pull a gun. It was then that um, her fiancé, Manuel Mendez, Manuel Mendez, decides to step in. Um, they get into an argument or a fight, and Hall shoots Manuel to death. Um, then he drives off. Yeah, so he decides to drive off with the kids still in the car while being possibly intoxicated. He then leads police on, on a chase that involves two different car wrecks. Um, the second car wreck disables his car, and police are able to take him into custody. Luckily, the child was not hurt in the whole ordeal, um, but Manuel, he's killed. So Hall shoots Manuel Mendez, and he's convicted of manslaughter in an Indiana court, and recently a judge sentenced him to more than 70 years in prison. Um, for any adult, that's basically a life sentence, even if you went in at 18 you know, you're getting out at 88, uh, given prison care, that's pretty rare. So he basically got a life sentence for this shooting of, of what's seeming like a good Samaritan type situation where people tried to stop him from driving drunk and it cost somebody their life. But it's not as simple as that. We, kn we know that often with crimes, it's, n it's usually not as simple as it seems. There's usually some other details. And in this case, there's kind of one key one, though it doesn't justify taking a man's life in any way, shape, or form. Well, now, wait a minute now. Hold on a minute. Do you remember that scene in The Godfather where uh, James Caan goes after Connie's husband and beats the crap out of him. Yeah, the worst punch in movie history. Yes. Where he misses by about four feet. Yes. Yeah. Then he hits him on the head with the garbage can and all that good stuff. Yep. All right. We got a similar situation over here because during the trial, Hall claims that he was pissed off at his brother-in-law, Mr. Mendez, because Mr. Mendez was allegedly beating up his sister and, as a matter of fact, had given her a black eye. So... You know, as a father of two daughters, you know, that would piss me off, too, you know, go hitting on a, on a sister now. Yeah. I mean, it, it, I don't want to say it justifies it because it does in any way, shape, or form, but it helps explain the mindset that can lead to a shooting when people try to stop you from supposedly driving drunk. Um, he was clearly mad at the victim in this one. Um, we don't know when the alleged domestic incident happened. Um, or when Hall found out, but whether it was that moment or earlier, um, it kind of goes to the state of mind um, on why 
why he may have reacted that way when they tried to stop him. You know, they may have tried to stop him, and then other things came up, and allegations fly, and you suck, and you did this, and you did that, and stop doing this, and it just devolves. And in this case, it, it sounds like it devolved into a fatal encounter. Yeah, and um, I guess at the uh, at the end of the day, uh, Hull apologized uh, to the Mendez family, uh, and he says, uh, quote, I just want to say I'm really sorry for what happened. Uh, Hall said during the sentencing hearing, I was drunk and I made a mistake. I'm sorry for your loss and I'm sorry for what I put you through. End quote. Yeah, I mean, made a mistake is putting it lightly, right? Um, you know, there's making a mistake of, of um, not inviting the right person to the party. Um, there's a mistake of turning off the TV in somebody's favorite show. Um, this mistake cost somebody his life and basically cost Hall his because uh, now he'll be spending years in prison. Um, it's nice to see him own up a little bit to his decisions. But the fact he took somebody's life, he put this child at great risk, you know, he, he deserves a stiff punishment because nothing or very little about the case is okay. Um, I get being mad that your sister is being uh, the subject of alleged domestic abuse i get that anger um but there's a lot of different things you can do um you don't need to turn to kill somebody while you're drunk like what Uh, you can call the police you can help them get out of this situation you can encourage it you can step in you can there's a there's a lot of different avenues um to get involved without without a homicide what about the sunny corleone Beat them, beat them in the street. There's always street justice, and we know that comes with its own consequences and, and everything else, right? It's like um, in sports, the guy who maybe committed the crime isn't the one punished. It's the guy who retaliates. Um, so it comes with its own risk, um, and you open yourself to uh, criminal charges there as well. Um, but that's certainly an option, but that also ends with usually nobody losing a life. Um Unlike this case where where we had a a man killed and two families changed. And, you know, this story reminds me of a a story I covered uh, about maybe 20, 20 something years ago. uh, It came out of Brooklyn. And um, uh, basically the female police officer was being harassed and stalked by her ex-lover policeman. And, you know, the, the, the woman, of course, was concerned. And she uh, finally told her dad about it. And uh, the dad, who happens to be in his 70s, got a 357 Magnum and uh, showed up at the uh, ex-lover's house and uh, blew the guy's brains out. And the good thing is is that the old man, after uh, knocking off this this character, uh, got into his Cadillac and uh, just drove off. With the gun right there in the passenger seat, very calmly drove off, and uh, turns out the old man uh, suffered a heart attack. I guess all the excitement got to him, and he died. And it was sort of interesting too, because when I went and spoke to the family, basically the the gist of the conversation was, "Listen, he was protecting his daughter's honor." So, I'm not saying he did the right thing, but you know, as a dad, I could I could understand. You know, this whole issue of uh, having to deal with uh, domestic violence. 
Yeah, and that's why I said there's there's a big caveat to this one that helps explain the mindset. I do not think the reaction is any way appropriate. Um, I don't think domestic violence, somebody giving your sister a black eye, um, should be punishable by homicide. Um, but I, I get the anger. I get wanting to do something. I get maybe even doing something in some situations. Um, but without some deadly incident, I don't think we need to use deadly force. And it doesn't sound like this was a deadly incident in any way, shape, or form. It's an argument outside of a car why one man's drunk. Um, but Hall took it to the nth degree and changed his life, ended another life, um, and ruined God knows how many families with this, um, let alone whatever that kid remembers. Um, yeah. Right? That kid's in the car as his, dad, as his or her, I don't know the gender. The kid's in the car as their parent is fleeing from the police officers and wrecking left and right. Um, that can't have been a fun or memorable I mean, it's memorable for all the wrong reasons. Experience. And that leaves uh, a mark. Um, so the kid's also been impacted. It was a, um, what do you say, a drunken mistake. And it certainly was a drunken mistake, but it changed a lot of lives. That's it. Well, he, he goes down as another individual who ends up in prison for doing something stupid. Yep, he does. And, and we wanted to share here at All Rise, share this story so people can just take a minute and think about those situations. You know, let's A, not get behind the wheel while we're drunk. Um, let's not let our anger and impulse, even in those situations, even with terrible allegations, uh, take over and really kind of change everything. Um, had they just had a fight in the yard there, does anybody even know about it, let alone are there criminal charges kind of thing? Um, but instead it went so much more and now we're talking about it here. Um, I think it's a cautionary tale in a lot of reasons. Um, so I hope people, people take a, a little bit from that story, um, and, you know, go, what the heck? And, you know, let's, let's not do that. All right. That sounds like good advice. Are we going to move on to the next story? Yeah. Or? Um, cause it's, it's important. Um, I think all our uh, missing people cold cases are important here at Front Page Detectives. We highlight them from time to time. Anybody with a cold case or a missing person case um, where it involves a family member or a friend or whatever, feel free to reach out to us at editors um, at frontpagedetectives.com. Um, send us an email. Let us know what's going on. We'll be happy to feature them. Um, it's important to make sure their memories aren't forgotten, their cases aren't forgotten. Um, so we can try to get some answers for all those involved. Um, we had a recent cold case. I think, Doug, you want to kind of uh, tell the people about what's going on in this one involving a teen? Oh, this one comes out of Georgia. Yep. And it, it, when we, when we kind of found it, it looks like it gets um, regular coverage in Georgia. It seems like a um, big deal in that community, and police still want to solve her killing even, even more than a decade later. Exactly. So we're talking about uh, 16-year-old Hannah Trulove uh, out of Gainesville, Georgia. And again, Georgia, not Florida. She went missing on August the 23rd, 2012. Um, now, mind you, she came from a troubled home. Uh, she, her mom was involved with uh, the Children and Family Services but nevertheless, 
Hannah was a good kid, and she was in school. Some of the time. I think there were some truancy issues, but, I mean, she's, what, 16? Right. How many 16-year-olds we know cut class from time to time or have truancy issues that, that need to be addressed? And most of the time they're addressed with a visit from the school or social services or whatnot. Um, but that's about the worst thing she had going on in her life as far as we know. Right. And she vanished. And she was never to be seen again. And Alive. Yeah. Yeah. And the next day, she was found in a wooded area behind an apartment building in Gainesville, where she, near where she lived. And uh, it was a Vietnam vet who discovered her. He was out there uh, walking around, and uh, he first thought it was a mannequin uh, when uh, down in a ravine. Uh, but then it turned out to be Hannah. Um, and according to investigators down to the sheriff's office investigators, uh, they they have a suspect. They know who it is. Yeah, they, they've said from almost day one that they, they have an idea who it is. They just don't have enough evidence to make that charge. Um, you and I both know you can't just make a charge on a gut feeling or having some evidence. you got to have enough, especially in a, in a murder case, because you get you know one crack at trying to get a murderer convicted. And if you lack the evidence, um, you might never get another shot to charge them again or punish them. Um, that's kind of why I wanted to highlight this case and everything, right? They're still working. They still have the suspect around. They haven't named the suspect or anything. But you and I both know, Doug, there's been plenty of advancements in technology over the year. Um, remember when DNA first started, you needed a giant puddle of blood to get even the simplest DNA from. Um, nowadays, they get it off, you know, nothing. Um, it is incredibly tiny um, what they need to, to pull DNA from. And your hope is that someday in the near future that whatever technology is out there will help police get enough evidence to arrest that suspect or whoever did the crime and bring, bring answers to Heather's family. Um, it almost seems like it's just a matter of time in this case um where one of those technologies is going to crack and give police that evidence they need um to kind of connect all the dots yeah and it's interesting because the the sheriff investigator is, is saying uh, quote it's not to say that we have zero evidence but we just didn't have enough yeah and that's why you know that's why the hope is some technology advancement puts dna on something or other or makes a video better or tracks somebody that gives them enough evidence to to make an arrest and and hold somebody accountable for a teenager's murder i'm really hoping in this case it's a it's an if uh, or a when i should say that it's a when not an if i'm um, just curious how come this one this case isn't getting more attention do you know why? I, I don't. I don't know why. I mean, the truancy might play an issue. Um, you, you know, and I know some media will turn off a story if the victim has has some criminal issue or some past issue. Um, as I said, it's gotten some traction in Georgia, but nationally, it's not the same level as as a lot of the famous teen murders. Um, and it's it's they should all get attention because they all deserve answers. Their families deserve to know what happened. And somebody needs to be held, held accountable instead of walking the streets with me and you, Doug. 
Um, but for whatever reason, this one hasn't hasn't garnered a whole lot of lot of noise. Yeah, which is sort of unusual. But you know, I mean, my my feeling is is that I think police will eventually track it down, one way or the other. Yeah, I, I do too. I think either the DNA will help them, or you know, that suspect's not getting younger. Um, at some point, they might just take their crack at trying to get a conviction for him um, before he passes away. Hey, wait a minute now. Not to impugn the uh, law enforcement across the country, but what if the police are just barking up the wrong tree and they're looking at the wrong cat? Yeah, that's why I, earlier I said, you know, hopefully one of those technologies will either confirm the suspect they believe is is the killer um, and they can make that arrest or it'll identify whoever is that killer. Um, and this poor suspect, if he's if he's innocent, um, will kind of free him from this investigation. I'm sure they've talked to him plenty of times, but you know, given how they have targeted that targeted this one suspect, you would think they would have a pretty good idea um, that he he was possibly involved. But we don't know because we don't know the name. We don't know what evidence they do have. Um, all we know is that a teen is dead. A suspect has kind of been identified. There's just not enough there to to make this cold case closed. I have a theory. Go ahead, Doug. Maybe the known suspect comes from an affluent family. Because let's just say if the suspect was, you know, Joe the Schmuck from the rough part of town, uh, he figured the police department would take him down to the to the station house and uh, have, a, have a little... Uh, you know, conversation uh, with him uh, involving, uh, you know, the yellow pages. Yeah, uh, I'm not surprised you like to take it to some type of mini conspiracy and something going on. You do that so often here. Um, in this case, we just don't know. I would hope there's nothing nefarious at play. I mean, it's just a lack of evidence to get the conviction. And why risk uh, a not guilty, you know, uh, result? And then never being able to charge the person if the technology gets better and turns out you were right. Um, they might just be waiting on this, on the on things to get right so they do it right and can um, bring closure to Heather's family. Okay, well, look, I'll keep investigating this thing because I want to know who the hell this suspect is. And I want to make sure that he's not some rich cat that the police don't want to touch. I'm, I'm sure you'll be all over it, Doug. And I'm sure we can talk about it in future editions of the All Rise podcast. Um, I think that's all the time we have for today. Uh, I appreciate everybody joining in. Check back wherever you get your podcasts for the next edition of the All Rise Podcast. And uh, tune in next week because uh, we plan to talk about some really, uh, really big case that pisses me off. There's your teaser, everybody. We'll see you guys later.